Hello, fellow worshippers. Welcome back to the Linwood Worship Podcast, a podcast where I, AJ, share with you some thoughts about the whys behind what we're doing on Sunday when we lead our people in worship. It's been a while since our last episode. I'm excited to get our discussions rolling again. Uh, writing and recording and discussing these episodes is one of the best parts of my job. It really, it really does energize me And it kind of rekindles my passion for worship. And I hope it has a similar effect for you. As always, my goal with this podcast is not just to expand your mind and help you acquire more knowledge. Ultimately, I want to kindle your passion. And I want to help you to be oriented more towards Jesus. So, this week, we're going to be taking a broad look at the structure of our worship services. Last fall, we dug pretty deeply into each movement of our services, but this week, kind of as a means of dipping our toes back into this practice of thinking about worship, we're going to zoom out and take a wider view. Some of you were at our seminar last Saturday with Rory Noland. He brought up the topic or referred to something that's called the fourfold pattern of worship. And I was thinking, I, I couldn't believe that I had not already made a podcast about this yet. This is essentially, this is the first chapter you would read if you started to study a book on worship, or this would be like the first lecture that you would attend if you were uh, studying worship. So, when someone refers to the fourfold order or pattern, they're referring to these four movements, gathering, word, table, and sending. These terms refer directly to what God is doing amongst us in our worship. So, he gathers us, he speaks to us, he feeds us, and he sends us out into the world. So, Let's define these terms. First, the gathering movement refers to the beginning portion of the service. Worship elements in this section of the liturgy focus on how God gathers us together and reveals himself to us. We respond with songs and prayers. Our gathering includes a formal greeting from God as well as greeting one another, and then that all the way up to the congregational prayer. Then second, the word movement focuses on just that, the word of God. In our worship services, it includes a scripture reading of the sermon text and then also the sermon. In the gathering, God initiates worship. In the word movement, God speaks to us and reveals himself to us more fully. Third, the table movement refers to the sacrament of communion. In communion, we encounter the real presence of Jesus in the bread and cup, and we reenact God's saving work in the past, are nurtured in the present, and participate in God's perfect future where we will feast in endless joy at the wedding supper of the Lamb. It's also commonly lost in many Protestant circles that communion is not just an act of remembrance, it's an act of thanksgiving in response to what God has revealed about himself to us in the Word. In the ancient church, communion was often connected with the offering. People would bring food and tithes to the table to be used for the meal and then later distributed to the poor. And then finally, fourth, the sending movement is what ties gathered worship to all of life worship. 
Up until this point in the service, God has gathered us together, spoken to us by his word, and sustained us in the holy meal. And then at the end of the service, he sends us out into the world to live lives of worship and to build his kingdom here on earth. Our sending lately has included the offering, giving us a chance to participate in kingdom building through giving our tithes. It's also included a song of response, which gives us a chance to respond to and embody what we heard in the sermon. And then finally, we hear a charge and a benediction where God reminds us that even as we leave, he will be with us. Bob Weber points out that even informal dinner gatherings amongst friends follow this type of fourfold pattern. That's gathering, word, table, and sending. So imagine coming to the Hochhalter house for dinner. You'd arrive around five because we eat early so we can get the kids to bed. And when you arrive, we'd welcome you into the house, assure you that Stella the dog doesn't bite. We'd offer you drinks, a beer or gin and tonic or for the kids, water or soda. We begin the evening with words of welcome, like, hey, thanks for coming to our house. It's been too long since we've hung out. How are the kids? Did you guys do anything cool this summer? Once everyone was gathered in, we'd begin taking, or we'd begin talking together more in earnest. If we don't know each other well, this is when we'd start to get to know each other better. So like if you've got young kids, I may take out my Pokemon card collection to entertain them, or we may get into debates about fantasy football or the Michigan State Spartans, or if I know you very well, we might debate, debate theology or politics. The point being, in this moment, I, as the host, am revealing more and more about who I am to you as my guests. As conversation is flowing, dinner is being prepared, and we would eventually join together at the table for a meal. I'd probably barbecue some meat, make some homemade pizzas, and after the meal, when everyone is good and full, the evening is coming to a close, I'd walk you to the door, shake your hand, and say thanks again for joining us, and send you out with well wishes. Obviously, depending on how well we know each other, a dinner party is not always this formal. But I think you get the point. This fourfold order is a natural progression of events when people get together. So, you may be asking, why does this matter? Well, the reason the fourfold order matters in worship is because habits are formative. What we do, our routines and habits, shape who we are as humans. This fourfold order, then, if it's regularly celebrated in worship, will shape us in a specific way because it is not just the natural progression of a gathering amongst friends, it is also the progression by which God brings people to salvation. First, God calls us. He initiates a relationship with us, just like he initiates worship in the gathering. Second, God reveals himself to us by his word and spirit just like he reveals himself to us in the sermon. And we see more of God, we realize our need for salvation. Third, God offers us salvation through the saving work of Jesus, just like we remember and enact it in the Lord's Supper. He sustains us in faith and provides for us through Christ. And then finally, God empowers us by his spirit and motivates us to live a life for him, just like in the sending where God blesses us and sends us out into the world. This gospel progression is not only how people come to faith, it is how believers are continually strengthened and sustained in faith.
It reminds me of an old hymn I love to tell the story. The final verse says, I love to tell the story for those who know it best, seem hungering and thirsting to hear it like the rest. So, in preparation for our discussion this evening, please consider if there was anything new in this episode that you didn't know before, and then also think about any other places in life that this type of fourfold progression shows up. That's gathering, word, table, and sending.